see, my mom was the first one to tell me of Jesus. And so I'm thankful for the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you would, please take your Bible and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. I'm going to talk to you this morning about loved beyond measure. How many of you know what this is? A tape measure. How many of you know how to use it? Okay, I don't. All right, that's why I'm not a carpenter. You know, when you think about a tape measure, it measures the distance. So you'd say, okay, I'm going to measure the width of something. And sometimes when we're cooking... It's the same way. You have to have a, what do you need for cooking? A measuring cup. Measuring spoons in order to figure out how much actually goes into a meal. But you know what I always find interesting? Why do these tape measures always come to an end? I thought if I'm supposed to measure something, and I'm going to measure the the platform here, why is it that I just, after 25 feet, it ran out? Do they make longer ones? Do they? Okay, well, I guess I don't own the longer one. But anyhow, I often think of God's love for us, and the love that our parents have is love beyond measure. If we were to put, probably for some of us, and say, I realize my mom loved me this much. I know when my kids were growing up, I'd always tell my girls, you know, I'd say, do you know Daddy loves you? They'd say, yeah. Or they'd say, Daddy, I love you. And I'd say, I love you more. And we'd go back and forth. I love you as big as the driveway. I love you as big as a car. I love you as big as a house. And then we went to, I love you as big as the stars and the planets. And how many of you have done that before? Because we want to show them how much we love them. That love has no measurement to it. And, and I get irritated. I have to tell you this. When people put a cap on love. You know, I love this too. I did this for you, now you're going to do this for me. I showed you this much love, now you need to show me that much love. Oh my goodness, that's ridiculous. How do we measure love? Jesus stretched out his body for us and went to the cross. That was love. He died for us. And so when we look into the scriptures and we go to Ephesians chapter 3, I, I just want to bring to your attention about just how much God loves us and that he cares for us. The dimensions of love. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, That Christ, that the seed of Christ, we've been talking about seed, and I always think if if Christ is planted within us, we can see that, that the seed of Christ may dwell in your hearts by what? By faith. And I believe that so many of our parents and our mothers have taught us really who Christ is and, and understanding what faith is all about. That you be being what? Being rooted and grounded in love. So in order for anything to take root, we have to first of all do what? 
we have to plant it, right? And then we have to fertilize it. And I need to take a drink. I need some water in order to keep going, right? And growing. So we realize here that even within love, we need to be rooted, grounded in Christ, understand just how much that he loves us. And I love verse 18. And it says, may be able to what? To comprehend, to understand with all saints, with all of his children, what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all of the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So we see that it's the life, the character, and the virtues of God himself may be fully developed within us that we can know just what it is and understand it and comprehend the depth, the width, the height of God's love. God's love is total, says Paul. It reaches every corner of our experience. It is wide. It covers the breadth of our own experience. And it reaches out to the whole world. God's love is long. It continues the length of our lives. It is high and it rises to the heights of our celebration and elation. His love is deep. It reaches to the depths of what? Of discouragement, despair, and even death. When you feel shut out or isolated, remember that you can never be lost to God's love. Oh, pastor, I've heard these messages before. God is love. Well, today I want you to know that he loved beyond measure. He went farther than anybody. Let me ask you something. If I were to give an illustration, and, and I would say to these two young ladies up here, my nieces, and say, oh, do you know the people in the back corner? Do you love them? They'd probably scratch their head and say, I don't even know their names. And if I said, those in this corner, do you love the people down here in this corner? You'd probably say, uh, yeah, but I don't even know who they are. But Jesus Christ went to a cross because he loved us so much and didn't even know who we were. It says, for God so loved the world. So he loved all of mankind. He loved all of us. The Bible says to love one another. And how difficult is that even in our Christian life? And I'm going to show you this morning about what love is and how we as parents, mothers, can really exhibit and demonstrate that kind of love to our children and to others. How many of you would say within your profession that you have to kind of exhibit love to people? Wow, isn't that amazing? I mean, when you look around the room, there's a lot of loving going on in here. So I want you to look to the person left and right of you. And if there's nobody to your left or nobody to your right, I want you to look at him and say, I love you. You do it with me. I love you, honey. Now, I said, say, I love you, not, hey, baby, I love you. It's amazing when you start to exhibit love and just your tone of voice changes that kind of love for somebody. 
And we all understand that. We get it. We can resonate with that because, you know, there's a difference when it says, for myself, I could say, I love you, brother. I love you, sister. That if I look at my wife and say, mm-hmm, mm, girl, you know I love you. There's difference, isn't there? There's a difference when we speak on somebody that we love intimately versus just as acquaintance or a brotherly and sisterly love. But are we really loving beyond measure? And I, I, this verse to me, as I sat down in my office last evening and, and I thought about this, I thought, that verse I use a lot. For some of you that if you've lost a loved one, I've used that verse. Because I always know that no matter what you're going through, discouragement, depression, loss of a loved one, you can always be reminded just how much God loves you. And if you came to church this morning and you feel unloved and you feel worthless, know this, that God says he'll never leave you nor forsake you and he loves you very, very much. And I love that I can stand up here and say that I'm thankful that as a sinner such as I, that God loves me as pathetic and pitiful as I am. And so I hope that as we look at Loving beyond measure, that we won't stop at a 25-foot measurement, that as we have a cup and it fills to the, you know, it says it's there for two cups, three cups, or you have a tablespoon, that it can just be overflowing. And people can really see that you exhibit love. And people understand that in your life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you this morning. And I just want to say, first of all, Lord, thank you so much for loving me beyond measure. For not putting a cap on and say, well, I love Todd if... Or, I love Todd, should he be this way? Or, you know, I've shown him enough love, and on his earthly life, he gets no more love from me. But, Lord, I just pray that you'll help me to exhibit and show love. That, Father, that your love, that seed that's down deep inside of me as your child, can exhibit that. Lord, help me to be rooted and grounded in your love and understand what it means to to really exhibit that love and to show people love and and. Let them feel it from my life. Father, thank you for your word. Hide me behind the cross this morning. And Lord, we just pray that you'll bless your word. Father, anoint it. Forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. In your name I pray. Amen. Dieting. How many of you have dieted? Okay. We've all been there. We've dieted. We've fasted. We've done something to lose weight. The single word alone is enough to cause sweaty palms and sinking stomachs in most women and many men as well across the country. Atkins diet. The biggest loser. Weight watchers. The South Beach. Each have their own approaches, but the premise is always the same. We must give up some of our what? Favorite foods. We give up chocolate, pizza, Hamburgers, ice cream, rolls at O'Charlie's and rolls at Longhorn is just manna from heaven. Isn't that amazing? Okay, I got to get back to my message. I was like drifting. And the like for several weeks or even months, we give it up. So why would anyone submit to such torture? Why do we do that? Do any of these reasons sound familiar? Skinny jeans, swimsuit season. Self-confidence. Hey, ladies, hearing the oohs and the ahs from all of the jealous girlfriends because now you're in a size zero. Okay, we'll keep going. Many of us would give up almost anything just to love the way we look. We're all like that. 
We would give up anything just to love the way we look. And isn't it amazing? I know for myself, this forehead of mine is a GPS map now. I don't know what happened from four years ago because I didn't have these wrinkles up here. And now when I raise my eyebrows, I got wrinkles. It happens to all of us. We all say, oh, if I could have more hair, if I could be more physique, or if I could have more of an hourglass figure, if I could do this, if I could do that. And we always are, are wanting and wishing constantly. I want you to turn with me, if you would, please, to John 3.16. We know the verse, but I want you to turn with me because we're going to follow some verses there. To love beyond measure. Love the way we look. And love is powerful. It must be, moms, if it's enough to make us give up chocolate, still our love for the people closest to us runs much deeper. Still. We love our family. We love our friends. We love our children. Some of you moms can say, I love my husband. Maybe today you don't. I don't know. Some of you could say, I love our friends. This kind of love goes way beyond what? Appearances. It does. We would sacrifice much more than chocolate in order to show our love for these people. What have you done to sacrifice love for so many? What would you give up in the name of love? Women often give freely of themselves. You see, it's hardwired in them. It's hardwired in their hearts to be giving and generous. They sacrifice their time to do what? To help a child. To help a friend. To help a neighbor. They give up a career to become a stay-home mom. They trade in the promise of a five-figure paycheck and get peanut butter sandwiches in return. That's our moms. Or they continue working no matter how tired they get in order to provide for the needs of the families. And it's what? It's all in the name of love. From time to time, we all get discouraged. But we'd never stop sacrificing because that's love. Our love for our friends, for our families, and for our children is too strong. This morning, if you didn't attend the women's class, I know my wife spoke briefly about a phenomenal woman, a career woman, set aside, making six figures, pure and holy and righteous before God Almighty, who became a mother and a grandmother. She understood what sacrificial love was. And she was a prostitute. And her name was Rahab. She knew what true sacrifice was. She knew what love was. Even as a young lady, she sacrificed her love for her family. She had amazing strengths and despite her sin, one that she recognized... She then yielded to God and took him for her own. She was an ancestor of King David and also a grandmother to Jesus Christ. She was very loyal to Israel and faithful to her word. Because of her loyalty, she receives a place, which you can turn to, you don't have to, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31, in the Faith Hall of Fame. It says, The walls of Jericho fall down, by faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. I love that story. What ended up happening? Joshua was going in to take the land. Israel was going back in to take their land. There were walls that were around it. And so Joshua sent in two spies. The two spies go in. Where do they end up? 
at a harlot, a prostitute, a hooker's house. Pastor, you can't say that in church. I know, but I did. She was a sinful woman. But you know what I love about the story? As Becky was sharing some of her thoughts about the Sunday school, school lesson, it really hit me. And I thought it was really interesting because as she was talking about what people probably had to say to Rahab, you know, and the things that people say to us mothers, you should be a better mother than that. You should have raised your kids better than that. You don't have to listen to their junk. Throw it in the shredder and get rid of it. We don't have a manual on how to be mom of the year. And guess what? You don't have my children and I don't have yours. And I really do believe that God gives you your child for your family. I don't know why. Maybe because you have different characteristics and attributes that you can handle that baby. You can handle that teenager. You can handle that young adult. Do you ever stop parenting? No, you don't. That love continues to keep going on and on and on because our love is always sacrificial. Once you have that little man or that little woman, you're always going to love them. So here's Rahab. She allows him to come in. And I love that even in the scriptures it says, they said, we will save your family if you don't say anything. So the king found out about it. The king then went and knocked on the door. He appears at Rahab's house and he says, hey, we heard that there were two men. Do you know their names? She says, I don't even know who they are. Now, in God's sense of humor, I'm going to say this because I find it real interesting. But in God's sense of humor, don't you guys find it interesting? Because if somebody stopped by my house, I would know their name. But would a prostitute know who just popped by the house? No. Because she wasn't there to have a Bible study or to pray. And so when they said to her, do you know who these two men are? She said, I don't know who they are. And she told the truth. But yet she was so loyal because here's what she told. Who were the two spies? Do you know their names? Go ahead. Joshua and Caleb. So two spies. So she knew who they were. But here's the reality. She loved her family so much that she did whatever it took to save the family. Not only save the family, but she saved the whole nation of Israel. And that was Jesus' seed, right? So if you go to Matthew chapter 1, that you'll notice right in there that it says, it goes through all the begats, that Rahab, which is R-A-C-H-A-B, is actually Rahab. I think it's called Rechab or Rechab or however they pronounce it in there. And it goes through his genealogical family tree. And she's in that, and I believe it's Matthew chapter 1. But yet, God knew that. So they marched around there how many times? Seven times around the walls of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. And the nation of Israel came in. God's people were saved. She was saved. And then what took place? Her family, it says her father, her mother, they were all taken out. And then she was free. And so that seed just continued to keep going through. Isn't it amazing? Do you ever wonder in your own life, What you do affects your children. The Bible says the sins of the fathers and mothers will be passed down from generation to generation. I love that she stopped. And she said, you know what? I am going to be loyal to God. I'm going to be loyal to Israel. Even though I'm a Canaanite, I'm still going to be loyal. She was a woman who was a woman of her word. 
Maybe this morning you ask yourself, well, I've loved, but I've not been a woman of my word. I've kind of swayed and I've kind of gone back and forth. But how can God use you where you're at? If he can use a sinner like Rahab, he can use you. And that's what I love about his immeasurable love. That he loves us enough that he went to the cross and he died for us. She heard about the God of Israel and recognized him as the true God. The one worth risking her life for. And she did risk her life for him. True love, true sacrifice, Rahab. A super mom, super grandmother, a superhero. You see, none of us love perfectly. Not even those super women who seem to have it all together. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.10 says, There's none righteous, no, not one. Despite the love we feel, the sin inside us provokes all kinds of unlovely things. And some of you can say, I've never even experienced any of this. Anger, greed, laziness, addictions. None of us probably who are perfect have ever experienced that, right? No. Some of us could say, yeah, I've probably experienced every one of them. That's me. Just to name a few. We dread handing over control to anybody else for fear that they might mess things up. We let fears and anxieties overrun our hearts. Think of your own life. What would it take to turn your heart? What would it take to bring you to repentance? What if you knew it would clear the way for an all-consuming, everlasting love and eternal love waiting for you on the other side? Could you imagine a love so strong that not even your worst sin on your worst day could sever it? A love like this is possible, and it's real. And it's the love of Jesus himself for you. And he demonstrated that love by dying for you on Calvary's cross. Unlike our limited love, our Heavenly Father's love is infinite. It is never marred by anger, jealousy, or busyness. Let's read together John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He loved the world. Turn with me over to John chapter 14, verse 21. John 14.21. You have an iPad, you just move your finger and you'll get there. Or an iPhone, or an eyelet, or an eyelash, whatever it is, you'll get there sooner or later. John 14, 21. He that hath my commandments and keep them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. The word manifest means he will reveal himself to him. Don't you love that God loves you? And He can reveal Himself to you. That's what's cool. Romans 8.35. Romans 8.35. Keep going in the back. Romans 8.35. It says in verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Question mark. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? 
Verse 37 says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Then it goes right down into verse 39. But I think I'm going to read 38. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from what? From the love of our God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Then we continue to go to 1 John. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. And it says this, hereby perceive we the love of God because he did what for us? He laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for who? For the brethren, for one another. He loved us enough that he laid down his life for us so that in return we can lay down our life for others to show them love. And I won't read that whole verse. So then we go to... uh, 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Verse 8. Let's read verse 8. 1 John 4, 8. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And this was what manifested the love of God toward us. It was revealed toward us. Because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Verse 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. Are you guys questioning his immeasurable love or does he love you? He loves us. You you know what's sad for me is... Those that say, and in a difficult time, now, I want you to listen. I want you to pray for Brother Tom Willoughby. He just lost his brother yesterday. Continue to be in prayer for him. as It's going to be, you know, a difficult journey. He told me last evening on the phone, he said, you know, Pastor, I'm blessed because I've got to see my loved ones live out. Being 81 years old, you get an opportunity to do that. But it's never easy to, to leave somebody you love. But I've got to tell you this. Listen, Mom, don't get angry every time something doesn't go your way because your babies are watching. And if you're going to exhibit the love of God, then you need to let them know that God loves them. We're all sinners. It says he was the propitiation for our sins. He went to the cross for our sins. He loved Rahab. She was a harlot. Hey, I always say this. We love the sinner. We hate the sin. That doesn't mean I'm giving you a free ticket to go out here and live like a whoremonger and a sinful person. No, because as Brother Steve said, even in his class, you can't have fellowship with God when you're living in sin and you knowingly do that and you continue to do that. We understand that his grace will always abound, but we've got to be separated from sin. Don't get angry. I've had people, oh, they've thrown a fit. I'm so mad at God. Well, suck it up. Are you the only one who just lost a loved one? We've all been there. You know what I love? Do this next time you lose somebody you love. Don't get mad at God. Start thanking Him. That loved one's out of here. I'm not preaching the kingdom of heaven for the sake of sitting back in my recliner when I get to heaven and rocking away, thinking this is just a great life. 
No, we, we need to turn from our wicked ways. Then we can hear from heaven. He'll heal us. We all need to come to a place where we realize that we're sinners and that God wants to do something with your life. And don't think you're the only one who's dealing with that same hang-up, hurt, habit, and addiction. Because we're all there. And I just want to say I'm right along with you. I'm a sinner saved by grace and living the same life you're living, being tempted the same way you're being tempted, feeling angry the same way you're feeling angry, but yet I love that the grace of God is always a reminder for me to say, I need to accept that love. What a sacrifice. God gave up His only and only Son to be our Savior. Jesus gave up the glories of heaven for the cross of a common criminal. Was God crazy? No, He wasn't. Listen. He so loved the world. God loved God gave. He loved us even in our sin. His love is beyond measure. No human being, no matter how hard he or she tried, could replicate that love. It's a love beyond our understanding, and it's a love that's there for us whether we feel it or not. I love God. I do. I love God. I love letting people know that God's number one in my life. He's priority. How wonderful it is when we do feel it. How wonderful it is to experience God's amazing love. And when we are filled with the Holy Spirit and have a heart energized by God's love, life is beautiful. And then our ability to show love for others seems to expand beyond measure. Do you love God this morning? Amen. The trouble is our love is often interrupted. Those pesky little sins that creep up that I mentioned earlier seem to creep back up and come back up in our lives. We're tempted to spew out angry, hurtful words. We start looking for ways to control our own circumstances or to manipulate the behavior of others. And then we let worries and fears nibble away at our peace. But we need not. Instead, we can simply trust God's love. We can think about our Savior's sacrifice His sacrificial or His sacrifice of love for us. And we can let the life-saving forgiveness He won for us on the cross continue to flood our hearts and minds with more hope, more joy, and more peace than we've ever known before. I'm talking with Chip on the phone, the pastor from Michigan that's going to be up at the conference. He said to me, he goes, Brother Todd, why do I get in the pulpit and, and start crying? I said... Because you have love for your people. I'll never forget one of the first times I started preaching. I'm like, get your composure together. What just happened? Because that's the love that he has for us. See, he can't look on sin. He's a holy God. But he loves us that much. Chip is divorced and he's preaching in the pulpit. Man, you just about gave me a heart attack, Pastor. Well, you know what he told me? Listen closely. Souls have been getting saved almost every week at his church since the beginning of the year. God wants to use you in your sinful state. He wants to use you if you'll let him. Are you rooted 
and are you planted? In closing, I say this. Not all of us here today are mothers. But all of us have had a mother or a mother figure in our life. Most of us can look back over the years and recall many sacrifices our moms made so that our own lives would be better. Many of us can recall times our mothers cared for us when we were sick, advised us when we were confused, encouraged us when we were ready to give up. Most of us will admit our mother's love went above and beyond the mere call of duty. Our moms did much more for us than they perhaps even should have at times. But that's a mother's love. And as we celebrate Mother's Day, we thank God for our mothers and mother figures and for all that they sacrificed for us. All the love they showed us. And many of us understand God's limitless love in part because we have experienced the limitless love our mothers demonstrated for us. And we're grateful still Even the mothers here will admit that a mother's love pales beside the love of God in Christ for us. That love was, is, and always will be beyond measure. Today, each one of you received a card and you received a keychain. As you stick that on your keys, let it remind you of the sacrifice Jesus made for us sinners when he died on the cross. Rest in his forgiveness and take heart that he will always love you with a love beyond measure. And I want you to look this way. If you've been sleeping through my message, I want you to hear this. If you've been distracted, I want you to hear this. God loved you this much. And he said, what is the height, the depth? What is the width of my love for you? And he stretched out his arms and he died for you. And I hear mothers say all the time, I could die for my children. I wish God would take me instead of them for the suffering that they've endured. Well, maybe we should look at sometimes those things being blessings instead of burdens. They're not curses. It's appointed in a man wants to die and then the judgment. I ask you an important question. Do you realize God loves you? He died for you. You are here today because you needed to understand that God will use you in your sinful state. If God is calling you to preach, if God is calling you to teach, if God is calling you just to come to know Him as Lord and Savior, hell awaits at your doorstep if you don't know Him as Lord and Savior. I didn't give you three verses. I gave you several verses where it said that God loved us that he died for us. It says, here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us first and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, the atonement for our sins. Will you accept him today? Jesus Christ loved you and he didn't just say it. He lived it out. And the Holy Spirit wants to manifest himself to your life to allow you to live a full rich life in Him. Have you just been skipping through life? Have you just been dragging your leg and saying, you know, I'm not really doing anything. I don't understand God's love. I don't understand the nature of God. 
But today I come to say, I want to know Him. I want to know who God is. I want to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And if you were to die today and you don't know 100% sure that Jesus Christ went to the cross for you and died for you, I want you to come forward. I don't want you to wait till the song starts playing. This might be your only altar call you'll ever hear in your entire life. That's why we have a time of reflection. Maybe you've been dealing with some pain in your life and you just say, God, please take it away from me. God can do that. He wants to heal you. He is the great physician. Will you allow him to do that in your life? Listen, when we don't know Christ, we make choices as though this life is all we have. In reality, this life is just the introduction to eternity. Receive this new life by faith and begin to evaluate all that happens from an eternal perspective. Isn't that awesome? If I looked at my life as just an introduction to eternity, our life is but a vapor here today and gone tomorrow. Will you come to know Him this morning? We allow God to just free you from everything that has kept you down and kept you in bondage so that this introduction can be played out. For someday, you will stand before God and you will give an account. I don't want you to leave today if you don't know Jesus Christ. We're not a seeker-friendly church. We preach the Word. Jesus went to the cross for you. Will you accept Him today? Let's all stand as we pray. Lord, we come to You, Father, and we're grateful that we can learn what loving beyond measure is all about. Father, thank You for loving me beyond measure. And Lord, if there's someone here today that don't know You as Lord and Savior, may they come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Oh God, may we understand that, that there is no ending to Your love for us. And may we exhibit that love to to our children and to our loved ones. And if there's a mom here today that has been dealing with some issues in her own life that she just needs freed from, Father, would you help her, deliver her, Lord, allow her to understand the the fullness and the peace that comes for knowing you. Father, I'm thankful that as I look through this sanctuary for so many that are here to show their mom how much that they love her, that they came Father, as a family to to worship you and to to sing your praises. But Lord, may we realize that we can't put a cap on your love. But if every mom could have her wish, she would want every son or daughter to spend eternity in heaven with her. Father, the song says, I'm going to build my mansion next door to Jesus and tell the angels I'm coming home. Oh, Lord, may our hearts be receptive to your word this morning. May we exhibit love and show love like you've shown love to us. Plant that seed of love in our heart. Help us to be rooted and grounded in your love. In your name we pray. Amen.